Do you find yourself searching for true crime podcasts that are different from what you're always recommended? Do you want to make a real difference in the cases that you're following? Well, you're a crime junkie. And I'm Ashley Flowers the creator and host of the number one true crime podcast, Crime Junkie. There are hundreds of episodes already available, and each Monday we dive into the details of cases spanning from some of the most infamous to those that you have never heard covered before. Listen to Crime Junkie podcast now, wherever you're listening. Love is more than a day on the calendar or a sign-off on a letter. Love starts with you. Show off your personal style with new Pandora jewelry pieces that radiate with your love from every angle. With Pandora's vast selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms, there's endless ways to show what's in your heart. Write a love note to yourself or your best friend with handwritten charms or a personal engraving. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora. Be love. State Farm helps you win by helping you create an affordable price just for you. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Our card this week is Valencio Hill, the ace of hearts from Kansas. In September 2020, the 17-year-old high school basketball player was standing on his front porch in Wichita, Kansas, hanging out with his family when he was suddenly gunned down. For the past two years, Valencio's murder has haunted the community of Wichita as police try to get information from the few people who may have the answers they need, including the man that they believe to be the intended target of the shooting. I'm Ashley Flowers, and this is The Death. It was around 9 p.m. on Sunday, September 13, 2020, and Sergeant Ryan Showmaker with the Wichita Police Department was sitting at home winding down for the evening when he got a call that there had been a double shooting at a home in the South Central neighborhood just south of downtown. As lead detective, he threw on his suit and responded to the scene right away. When he arrived, he was briefed by responding officers on what had happened. A woman named Ivis and her 17-year-old son, Valencio, had been standing out on their front porch along with Ivis's husband, Val, her other son, Trevino, and her nephew, Adonis Daly. That's when two unknown people approached the home. One of them shouted, where's Adonis? And while Ivis was trying to get Adonis's attention, the two people whipped out guns and started firing at everyone on the porch. It's unclear who, but someone on the porch ran inside, grabbed a gun, and returned fire, while someone else rushed in to call 911. The shooters were scared off by the return fire, and within minutes, first responders showed up. By the time Sergeant Showmaker got there, Valencio and Ivis had already been rushed to the hospital. At this point, Ivis was unconscious and being prepped for surgery, and moments after arriving on scene, Sergeant Showmaker learned that Valencio had been pronounced dead at the hospital. 
Sergeant Showmaker had to break the terrible news to Valencio's family members who were still at the scene. Valencio's passing meant the investigation went from a possible aggravated battery case to a homicide case, so the urgency to catch the shooters was now at its highest. Investigators wanted to waste no time interviewing the man assumed to be the intended target, Adonis. But that proved to be difficult because he was one of the only family members who wasn't at the scene anymore. Val and Trevino said that immediately after the shooting, like before first responders had even arrived, Adonis fled. He phoned a lady to come pick him up and left before even finding out what condition his cousin and aunt were in. To investigators, Adonis was the key to all of this because it was clear from the get-go that those bullets were meant for him. I mean, you can't have tunnel vision on any investigation, but you have to research everybody, uh, interview everybody to find out if anybody else was a potential target here. Uh, but it was pretty clear about everything I learned, especially from uh, other people there and the father that Adonis had had uh, ongoing feuds with other people. Investigators' main priority was tracking him down to figure out who had it out for him. While they looked for him, crime scene investigators were scouring the Hill's property looking for evidence. Technicians collected between 10 and 20 bullet casings, but that was pretty much it. In drive-bys, that's all you got. This, combined with the fact that usually no one wants to talk to police much after, is why drive-bys are so hard to solve. Investigators didn't even have the gun that returned fire from the Hills house. They thought it was likely Adonis's gun, and he'd probably taken it when he ran off. Investigators searched for Adonis all night with no luck. But finding him in the morning was easy. You see, Adonis was on probation and wearing an ankle monitor at the time. So once morning rolled around, investigators reached out to the ankle monitoring company and got his location. Now, what was harder was getting him to talk. Adonis was no stranger to police. In July 2019, he was arrested in connection with a shooting that police thought was possibly gang-related. A man got hit in the foot and Adonis and two other guys were arrested. Police didn't think Adonis was the shooter, but he did have a gun on him, so he was charged with possession of a firearm by a felon. It's not clear if he was convicted of that charge or not, but in 2020, about eight months after that July arrest, he landed himself in handcuffs again. According to the Wichita Eagle, in March, Adonis physically and sexually assaulted a former girlfriend. He stole her phone, then led police on a car chase. He eventually ditched the car and tried to flee on foot, but he was quickly apprehended. He faced several charges, including aggravated sexual battery, domestic violence, criminal threat, and theft. He was actually in the middle of facing those charges when the shooting at the Hills house happened. That's why he was on probation. It's unclear where he was in the adjudication process at this point, but he would eventually be sentenced to 13 months in prison for that incident. Anyway, since Adonis was a known gang member and criminal, police knew that they might be looking at a long list of potential suspects. And they were hoping that Adonis could help them narrow down that list. Maybe he'd had beef with a specific rival gang member, or maybe there had been a big fight recently that escalated to the shooting. But when investigators found him and started asking questions about his cousin's murder, he didn't want to cooperate. He told police that he didn't have any problems with anyone and didn't know anybody who would have wanted to shoot him or anyone else on that porch. I mean, this guy's cousin was just murdered as collateral damage from someone trying to kill him. And he didn't even so much as want to give police a few names to look into. Has Adonis ever, like, showed any emotion or remorse over his, like, 
you know, little cousin getting killed over whatever beef he may have had. No, not at all. Since Adonis wasn't cooperating, police continued their investigation through other routes. Officers canvassed the Hills neighborhood, hoping to find someone who'd witnessed the shooting and maybe got a look at the suspects. But as they knocked on door after door, no one was coming forward and saying they saw anything. But officers did find something helpful, surveillance footage. Busy parents have enough on their plates without adding your children's homework to the list as well. IXL is an excellent resource for homework help, which is especially nice for parents who are rusty on school info themselves. And methods have changed over the years, too. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. It's designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. And you get one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. There's a reason why IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make. A month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring, so now you could get your child the help they need at an affordable price. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And the DECK listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash DECK. Visit IXL.com slash DECK to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on TheRealReal.com. TheRealReal is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000-plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code DECK at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. The Hills had several neighbors and a business right across the street that had security cameras. Surveillance video is actually pretty good, but in the, if you see actually the vehicle park and the suspects will get out of the vehicle, they'll walk right towards the house that has a surveillance video. The only problem is at that time where it's getting dark, that surveillance video really pixelates a lot. So unfortunately, it was at that time. If it had been a little bit earlier and more daylight, it have been uh, we would have been able to see suspects because they're right right in the, basically on the sidewalk in front of that house. Even though it was too dark outside for detectives to make out any defining features of their suspects, they got a great description of the car. A black four-door Mercedes with a Mercedes emblem on the hood and Kansas license plates. While police were busy trying to track the vehicle, the community of Wichita was mourning the loss of a bright young life. Valencio was a student at Wichita West High School where his teachers say he excelled in all of his classes and was well-liked by everyone, from teachers to students. But he wasn't just gifted academically. Valencio was a skilled athlete and played on his school's basketball team. 
from his personal life, Valencio seemed to be a happy kid. Uh, he did not, uh, just by talking to everybody and going through his phone, uh, everybody told me that he was extremely well-liked by uh, members of the uh, school, uh, members of the community as well. And that's going through his phone, that's, it seemed to be that he didn't have any enemies, that he was very well-liked by people. But, I mean, the one common theme that we have with Valencio is people liked him. He didn't have bad blood with anybody uh, that we can tell, that his friends knew about, that his family knew about. On September 19th, six days after Valencio's murder, friends, family, and classmates gathered outside the Hills house to hold a vigil in his honor. The family's front lawn was decorated with pictures of Valencio. They had candles and flowers and balloons as members of the community rallied around the hills to support them during their devastating loss. But in the midst of everyone showing support for the hills, police learned that not everyone in the community was mourning Valencio's death. Investigators got a tip that two teenage boys were chatting back and forth on social media, making disparaging comments about Valencio. Something along the lines of, I did a dance when I heard his body drop. Obviously, this was a big red flag for detectives, so they tracked down the two kids and asked them to explain the comments. And the boys provided what I guess they thought was an explanation. They said that the things they were saying were lines from a rap song. Like, it wasn't stuff that they were coming up with, they were just referencing a song, they said. Now, it's unclear what song, because Sergeant Showmaker didn't remember, and we couldn't find a song with those lyrics. But investigators went on to ask the boys how they knew Valencio, but neither of them really did at all. I mean, they maybe had a class or two with him a few years back, but that was it. And Valencio's phone confirmed this. There had been no communication between him and these two guys. Sergeant Showmaker said this is actually something he's seen before. It's distasteful, but I've I've come to find uh, through doing that job that it's kind of popular just to for lack of, I guess, better term, to, to just talk uh, crap, just to kind of shoot your mouth off. And I don't know if it's because they're teenagers or they have an odd sense of humor or what, but it's actually more common than you would think. Aside from their distasteful comments, investigators had no real reason to suspect the two teens. In fact, one of them even proved that he was out of state when Valencio was killed. So detectives went back to the drawing board. But it didn't take long for their next big tip to come in. Because on September 21st, detectives received word from the hospital that Valencio's mom was awake and she was ready to talk. Detectives went to the hospital and got Ivis's statement, which matched up with everyone else's account of that night. She had told me that, uh, that they were sitting on the porch. It was kind of darkish out. And she saw two, she didn't find us two black males uh, come up towards the residence from the street, uh, asked for Adonis. And she said as she turned, said, hey, nephew. And then uh, at that point or shortly thereafter that, shots were fired. The next thing she knows, she's hit and she's down on the ground. Since Ivis was the one who saw the suspect at first, investigators were hopeful that she'd gotten a better view of them than everyone else. And she actually did. So much so that she believed she could ID one of them. Ivis told Sergeant Showmaker that she thought one of the shooters was a guy that she knew. Police asked us to refer to him as Stephen. Ivis said that she could actually show investigators a picture of Stephen. 
She pulled out her phone and showed Sergeant Showmaker a Facebook picture of several people and pointed to one of them. Sergeant Showmaker knew Stephen's name sounded familiar, so he took the photo of him back to his supervisor to see if he knew the guy. And his supervisor said, sure, I know Stephen, but the guy in that picture is not Stephen. That's someone named Ahmad. But he followed that up by saying Ahmad couldn't be their guy because he knew that Ahmad was in jail when the murder happened. Now, Ahmad did bear a passing resemblance to Stephen, so investigators thought maybe it really was Stephen who Ivis saw that day. And that suspicion would only grow a few days later when Adonis was arrested. Sergeant Showmaker didn't want to get into the charges he was arrested on, but regardless, when he was taken into custody, his phone was confiscated. And investigators went through it and found some suspicious correspondence between him and Stephen. Based on the messages, Sergeant Showmaker gathered that Stephen was mad at Adonis for sleeping with his girlfriend. And it seemed like there was maybe some other instance of disrespect that Stephen was upset about as well. So these messages, paired with Ivis's loose identification of him, made Stephen move right to the top of the suspect list. Detectives were hopeful that they could sit down with Stephen and interview him, but Stephen's attorney refused that idea immediately. But detectives didn't let that stop them from investigating him further. They started by taking a deep dive into the cell data for Stephen's phone number, or should I say phone numbers, plural. Though Sergeant Showmaker said that getting those warrants was no easy task. Basically, these turned out to be a lot of these search warrants, especially if you're going really in-depth like these were, where you're going from um, one thing, which one thing leads to another, which leads to five other things, and uh, they become kind of novels. So you need to be extremely specific. Once they got the warrants, they requested the GPS data from Stephen's phone for the day Valencia was killed to see if he was nearby the Hill's home. But when investigators got the results, things weren't as straightforward as they'd hoped. It's neither positive or negative. We know that uh, Stephen was somewhat in the area at the time, but the phone's not. The location records we have, it's not moving at the time. So it's just like all day stagnant in one area. Basically, investigators had determined a location range that the killer's phone would have been in. And the data showed that Stephen's phone was just outside of that perimeter. So it wasn't enough evidence for investigators to arrest him or even make him seem that much more suspicious. But it also wasn't enough to make him seem less likely of a viable suspect. But since he was refusing to talk to police, investigators were kind of stuck. So they moved on to a different promising lead. You see, when investigators were going through Adonis's phone, they learned of another person Adonis had an ongoing feud with. I can remember sitting in my high school Spanish class, looking down at the ground, just hoping, desperately hoping, I wouldn't get called on. Because languages have never come easy for me. And even after all those years of studying in school, I felt so insecure. Then as my husband and I started exploring international travel recently, he convinced me that it was time to give language another try. So naturally, we found Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop or can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages and they have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing your words. As my family continues to explore future travel, I know I'm going to take advantage of that because I want to feel as confident and respectful as possible. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Deck listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash deck. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash deck today. When it comes to your health, there should be no compromises. Don't go back to that doctor who doesn't fully listen to you or rushes through your appointment. Instead, check out ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Search by location, availability, and insurance. No compromises. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. And you don't have to wait forever to get in with someone good. When I looked online, the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score some same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash deck and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash deck. ZocDoc.com slash deck. Adonis and a man who we've been asked to refer to as Larry had been fighting back and forth on Facebook for quite a while because Adonis and Larry's sister were in an on-again and off-again relationship for the past few years. And allegedly, Adonis had been abusing her. Larry was understandably furious with Adonis for beating his sister, so Larry sent Adonis a bunch of messages expressing that anger and threatening him physically. Larry was a gang member himself and had an extensive and violent criminal history, so detectives knew he was definitely capable of something like this. Now, Larry, too, was easy for detectives to track down because shortly after Valencio's murder, he'd been arrested on unrelated charges. But when investigators asked Larry if he'd sit down for an interview about Valencio's case, he declined. He wanted no part in the investigation. So... Again, with no physical evidence pointing to him, police couldn't do much without his cooperation. They pushed pause on actively pursuing him and hoped that something else would come along. And sure enough, something did. In November, this is two months after Valencio's murder, investigators got a call from an inmate at the local jail. He told them that he had some information to share with them about Larry. The inmate was a friend of one of Larry's relatives, and the inmate knew that Larry was involved in the murder. He told police that there was a recent heated argument between Adonis and Larry about some possible pregnancy issues with Larry's sister. Now, it's unclear what he means by pregnancy issues, like whether Adonis had gotten Larry's sister pregnant and he wasn't happy about it, or if it was something else, but apparently this argument led to Larry saying that he was going to have Adonis killed. And since Larry was higher up in the ranks of the gang, the tipster said that he had other people do the dirty work for him. Now, when this person gave the information, they were actually pretty specific on... Now, none of this was released uh, before this. Um, None of the information on the car, what the car does, but this person had very good facts about how they pulled up, where they parked at, how many were there, what they came up and what they did, and uh, what kind of car that they were driving. So they had some pretty good information on that. 
This tip was a huge break for police. But in order for the informant to be able to testify in court, all of it had to go through the district attorney's office. While the district attorney's office was handling that, Sergeant Showmaker had some officers drop by a house that another one of Larry's relatives stayed at. And in the driveway, those officers saw a black four-door Mercedes with a Mercedes emblem on the hood, the exact kind of car seen on surveillance footage. Since that kind of car is pretty common, it could have just been a coincidence. But for Sergeant Showmaker, it certainly added to his mounting suspicion of Larry. In the following days, Sergeant Showmaker tried reaching out to Larry's sister, thinking maybe she would be willing to talk. But she, too, refused to cooperate. So investigators turned to search warrants, specifically for Larry's phones. Once they got those warrants, police found even more messages between Adonis and Larry, ones they hadn't seen before. It's unclear why they hadn't seen the messages when they were going through Adonis's phone. Maybe he deleted the text or something, but the messages were more arguments about Larry's sister and how Adonis was treating her. And there were other incriminating messages they found too, particularly a message from Larry's girlfriend from around the time Valencia was killed where she referenced him having something to do with the murder. But right around the time police were learning about this message, detectives got another lucky break in the investigation that was completely unrelated to Larry. Near the end of 2020, investigators got around to uploading the bullets found at the scene to the National Integrated Ballistics Information Network, or NIBIN. And there were actually hits. One of the guns used in the shooting at the Hills house had also been used in a few local drive-by cases, one in July 2020, another in April 2020. And it had been used in an unsolved aggravated assault case, get this, on the day of Valencio's murder. Now, we weren't given more information about that aggravated assault, but Sergeant Showmaker said there's no way to prove that it and Valencio's murder were carried out by the same person because guns get passed around from person to person quickly. So the only thing definitively connecting those incidents was the shell casings. The other firearm was connected to a criminal discharge of a firearm case from 2019 and a homicide in another county in late 2019. And investigators learned that in that case, a suspect was arrested. Detectives checked into the suspect in that case to see if he could be considered for Valencio's case, but he was actually out of state at the time of Valencio's murder. As great as those NIBIN hits seemed, they didn't turn up much. So detectives decided to return to their most promising suspect, Larry, and reach out to a potential informant, his girlfriend. Sergeant Showmaker contacted her and asked her to sit down for an interview. And to his surprise, she agreed. In March 2021, investigators sat down with her, and it's unclear why it took so long to get her to sit down for a formal interview. But whatever the case, once she did come in, she was hesitant to answer any of their questions. So police ended up getting almost no information. But a few months later in June, Larry's girlfriend reached out to police again and told them that she wanted another interview. And this time she was willing to really talk. When they spoke, she told investigators that Larry often drove a vehicle that matched the description of the suspect vehicle. Which, great, but no surprise there, right? Since investigators already saw that he had access to a similar vehicle. But then she did tell them something they didn't know. She said that the night of September 13th, when Larry came home, she asked where he'd been, and he responded something along the lines of, just watch the news. This is incriminating, but it's not enough. We've done everything we can do on Larry, uh, as far as his locations, 
uh, records of various sorts. I mean, various social media accounts. Um, we just ran to a dead end where that's where we have what we have and we can't gain any more. As far as that inmate potentially testifying against Larry, Sergeant Showmaker said it's been a while since he's heard from the attorney's office, but he's holding out hope that it'll work out for them. Sergeant Showmaker said the biggest problem for the investigation has been the lack of cooperation from those that he needs to talk most, specifically Adonis. And he hopes it's only a matter of time before Adonis starts talking. For Valencio's family, the past two years have been excruciating. Ivis still visits Valencio's gravesite almost every day. She keeps it decorated with flowers, pictures of him, and basketballs, keeping his memory alive however she can. It sounds wrong to say that Valencia was in the wrong place at the wrong time because that place was his own front porch, just having a good time with his family. That's truly what it was. Valencio did nothing to deserve what happened to him. He was a great, caring kid with a bright future ahead of him, and his life was cut far too short by two cowards with guns. Valencio's family deserves answers, and Valencio deserves justice. If you have any information about the murder of Valencio Hill in September 2020, call the Wichita Police Department at 316-268-4609, or you can email coldcase at wichita.gov. The Deck is an audio chuck production with theme music by Ryan Lewis. To learn more about The Deck, visit thedeckpodcast.com. So, what do you think, Chuck? Do you approve? Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.